Hello, this is Do Go On. I'm Matt Stewart. And I'm Taran Jayamana. And uh, we're in Sydney. And uh, we're about to be in Brisbane. And we're doing live shows. They're called Dry Dryer. And also, who knew with Matt Stewart in both those cities? And you can get details at mattstewartcomedy.com. Anything else you want to tell the good listeners that do go on, Saran? Well, the whole point of this was you thought that it might be more engaging if you had a different voice. But you've said most of the information. So, hey, come see us in Sydney and Brisbane. Yeah, that was engaging. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. Whether it's your first ever website or your business is expanding, Squarespace makes it easy to create a beautiful website and engage with your audience. Upload video content, organize your video library and showcase your content on beautiful video pages. You can even sell access to your video library by adding a paywall to your content. Cha-ching. <laughs> you can help with written content on your website with Squarespace AI, which I used to write this next sentence, so check this out. Generate instant, personalised results that know and show your brand identity. Explain what your site is about, choose your tone, and enter what you need to get short or long-form text. Squarespace AI, Squarespace AI makes it easier to go live, stand out, and succeed online. Oh, Dave, if only it could also not just write it, but read it too. <laughs> And edit it. (laughs) Hey, sell exclusive content on your site by adding a paywall to sell memberships or courses. Or sell files your customers can download like PDFs, music or ebooks. Man, it's starting to sound like I'm obsessed with money. (laughs) (laughs) And you are. So head to squarespace.com slash do go on for a free trial and to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. A, another episode of our little podcast show, and that show is with me, Dave Warnicke. I'm here with Matt Stewart. Hi, Dave. How do you do? I do well. That's, that's quite quite formal of you. Thank you, Matthew. How are you? Yeah, good, thanks. Hey, Dave, I'd love to uh, introduce you to my co-host. Oh, is it not me? Uh, look, I'm confused by this. It's Jess Perkins. I almost put a soft J there. Yes. Yes, Perkins. Yes, Perkins. Hello, Hess. How Hello, are you? lads. How are we? <laughs> we are bloody well. Great to see you here. Hess Perkins. I don't think I'm Matt's co-host. I think we're all each other's co-hosts. Each other. We're well, then hosts. you are my co-host then, aren't you? Good point. Yeah. Good point. All right. All right well played. Many Thank good you. points shall be made on this show where we uh, pick a topic, one of the three of us. Uh, we write a report about it and then report back to the other two, try and teach them some interesting things. Uh, this week, it is my turn to talk the talk. And Dave, you are a little bit anxious, would you say, about Well, there's this a, f- one? a few reasons uh, for that. Firstly, i gotta, I got to mention the elephant in the room. Uh-huh. Is it uh, Hesburgh? Yeah, Hesburgh. Hes- oh, you call him Hess an elephant. That's weird. I was actually <laughs> Sorry, talking yes. about, um, <laughs> we've got, in this space, uh, well, it's a rehearsal space as well, an Auntie Donna of sketch comedy troupe. 
Troop. Troop, yeah. Are yeah, uh, troop. rehearsing out the back and they have a pretty loud brand of comedy. Dave put his foot down. He went out there and he <laughs> said, oh, Rolled up the sleeves, pulled out the shotgun, said, Look here, Zach. I blame you for the noise, which is one of the three guys there. And um, they were bloody lovely about it. So hopefully they're not going to be too loud in the background. But at the same time, you know, we're fans and supporters of their art. Big fans. So, you know, we want to support them in any way we can. And if one of those ways is asking them to be quiet for a bit, then, you know, we're willing to do that. But if our listeners can hear them a little bit in the background, well, you're welcome because you're getting an insight into genius. That's right. And if you are thinking them in the background is funnier than what you're hearing on the show, which it undoubtedly is, uh, head over to YouTube and look (laughs) up Auntie Tonner for some real comedy stuff. They're amazing. Um, But, you know, it's our time to shine. It is our time to shine. The other thing uh, I think Dave is anxious about is that he's written a super long report oh. and he's confident that it, there is no humour in it at all. And Matt has Just, somewhere to be, so we <laughs> we need to power through as well. I've written too long. I've watched two documentaries. I've spent about 10 hours online looking at this thing. It better be good is what I'm saying. Not, you know what? I'm sure it will be. I've, I have a lot of faith in you. And if you put in that much effort, then it's going to really show in your report. Yeah. Okay, and, Thanks, and Matt and I are here for you, and and you say you want us to be the comedic relief. Well, oh, just you wait and see. Just you wait and see. And if not, there's always Auntie Donna in the background. Exactly. Hopefully somebody pops there in. Is. So hopefully I'll get an A-plus on the factual part of the research, and you guys can get an A for some comedy style. All right. Now, Dave, we normally kick off the show with, uh, with a question to, to link us into the topic. What What's the question this week? That's right, because we're all big... Trivia lovers, we start with a question. My question is, what do you guys think was the first television broadcast to be viewed by more than 500 million people? Half a billion. Um, okay. Was uh, it the Beatles when they're on that Around the World thing? They played... Uh, no, I like They the debuted their song about love. Which one? All There's you many. need is love. All you need is love, okay. that's the one. No, a great guess and a good tie-in to an early episode of the show about the Beatles. Yeah, I was going to say like the Olympics. The Olympics. What well, since, about... since is it the Olympics? No, it is not the Olympics. Since then, it has been beaten by a few things. But oh, okay, the, the first... first one that was viewed by a lot of people. How many again? It was five hundred over five hundred. So half have been of... televised. Was it a live it like telecast? Everyone. Live telecast. So what's was it that... sport? No, 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 so no. So what's it something is, that everybody's interested in? It's probably... Coronation? The most... <laughs> You're doing another episode about Academy Awards. <laughs> it is probably, the, arguably, the most famous, actually... Oh, a wedding? Event. Is it a wedding? Well, it has since been beaten by Princess Charles and Diana's wedding, which okay. is 750 million hmm. views. One of the most significant and hyped-up events of the 20th century... The moon landing! It's the moon oh. landing! Yes! yes it oh my is. god! Oh, this is so good. I love this. Do you love the moon? Because we are talking for the next 45, 50 minutes about the moon. And one of the, the documentaries that you watched, was it The Dish? <laughs> <laughs> no. Because I went through a dish. big phase of that movie. We, we studied space in grade four, and it was when that movie had come out, and uh, we had to make diagrams, and I just made the, the satellite dish in parks. I made it. <laughs> model of that and I put sheep in it because there's like a joke that it's in the middle of a sheep paddock and I put sheep in my diagram. Very good. And what mark did you get for this? Uh, Like A plus easily, which is what's coming for you, buddy. We're talking the moon. We are talking the moon landing. I was was at the dish a couple of months ago. 
You were. Yeah. Any, I, any sheep inside the dish? No sheep inside the dish. Disappointing. And you you made a diagram? Not a diagram. Like, like what's uh, the word? Like, I made a model of it. Oh, a diorama. Diorama. Thank you. I was gonna. I'm like diagram. Yeah, okay, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, I made a diorama. It was huge. It was like a big satellite dish, and the I think my mum really dioramas. enjoyed it. All we did when I was in grade four, our big project, because you would have been the same year, Jess. That was the year of the Sydney 2000 ah, Olympics. Yes. And we all got to make a project on one sport, and you got. No mark, but you got a gold, silver, or bronze medal. Oh, I like that. I did mine on weightlifting, which is quite original. No one else did that. My dad did all of the project, uh-huh. and we still only got a silver medal. Oh, oh. oh well. Yeah, I like when dad. you My mum made the, the model of the dish, and, she, and I was like, can I help? No, no, no. <laughs> She'll no, have a great time. You'll ruin it. <laughs> we'll put sheep in it. That'll be funny. <laughs> Comedy. Great, great stuff. And Perkins. And Perkins. She's a great lady. Okay, so, and this is my final in a trilogy of very famous things that you think you know a lot about, but when you actually think about it, you don't actually know anything about it cool. at all. So we started with well, the Mona Lisa, we had the Academy Awards, and now we have uh, the moon landing, a trip ditch. Ah, trip ditch. If you will. Just like my man. Frederick McCubbin. Frederick McCubbin and his... Dis- Pioneer trip ditch. As discussed in the oh, first yes, of episode. So, because when I thought about it, I was like, the moon landing, like I say, one of the most famous events of the last century. Then I thought about it. I don't know how long it took them to get there. I don't know how long they were Three there for. Three weeks. What they were doing there up there. for a day and a half. I've got no idea. That is incorrect. And we're going <laughs> to get them. <laughs> but you tried. But is what, do you guys feel, I don't know, Jess, maybe you said you're obsessed with it, but I had mm. no real, no, because you know when something becomes so famous, you just accept it. There's no point in researching it. You don't know the details. I already know the moon landing happened. Yeah. But then, because I wasn't alive in 1969 when it was on television, I have no idea about it. Yeah, cool. I think I'll know like little facts, but I'm sure you're going to surprise me. Matt, how are you feeling? Yeah, look, I don't know, I don't know much. Cool. But well, I know I love you. But, but I, know. I, <laughs> I, know. I saw. I, say, I, don't, I know, don't know. What, don't know much, but I know what I like. I've seen <laughs> Apollo like thirteen, and that's the failed one. I think. It, what was the successful one? Apollo eleven. 11. Oh, I know yes. that. I know Neil Armstrong was involved. Yeah, who Buzz, was? Aldrin. Buzz Aldrin. I don't know the third guy's name. Oh, I do. We'll get there. Don't we you will worry. get there. Oh God, there's so there. much to learn. And I think that's about all I know. So little time. Oh, and also that it's a hoax. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. Also, I'm going to preface this by saying I wanted to do a, a bit about it being a hoax, but the actual report went so long that if you think if you are interested in hoax, this and I looked it up, there's heaps of conspiracy theory podcasts. So if you're into that, okay. but we're just going to take it on face value yeah. that it actually happened because it was just too much. It was like another separate report. It was not in a recording studio somewhere. <laughs> no, it was on the moon. If you've Ever heard of that? The moon. The moon. Okay, so... Which moon? The moon. The moon. <laughs> Background. Yeah, that's weird. There's a lot of moons. Yeah, but ours is just moon. It's the moon. <laughs> I think it's uh, Neptune. All the moons of Neptune are named after Shakespeare characters. Huh. There's like 30 or 40 of them. That's kind of nice. There you go. Okay, background. Background. Moon time. In November 1960... John F. Kennedy was elected as the 35th President of the United States. Rings a bell. Of course. You may have heard of this man. It was an uncertain time, the 60s, in American history, with it being the height of the Cold War. People were pretty unsure as to what was going to happen with tension growing between the United States and the USSR. Those Soviet guys. Back in the USSR. Another callback to the Another Beatles. Another callback. Beatles loved it. So Kennedy had been elected on a campaign that promised American superior of, superior, 
Superiority. <laughs> he practiced his speech. <laughs> Superiority over the Soviet Union, particularly in fields of space exploration and missile defense. So that was his big, big selling point. Now, the Apollo program that we've already talked slightly about had been initially conceived during the previous president, Dwight D. Eisenhower's time at the time. You know that guy, Dwight Eisenhower? Uh, the program was named Apollo after the Greek god of light, music, and the sun, and it was named by NASA manager Abe Silverstein, who later said, I was naming the spacecraft like I'd name my baby. <laughs> and Apollo is a terrible name for a child. <laughs> I looked up Abe in real life, and his children are actually called Joe and David, which are much more boring. Maybe what David you, is yeah. a shit name. David's a terrible I think name. Apollo's all right. Apollo's Apollo Apollo Creed. Remember him? Is that from How would Rocky? You shorten That's Rocky. from Rocky, yeah. How would you shorten Apollo? Pole. Polski. Pole pot. Was he an Apollo? Yo, pole. <laughs> oh, my goodness. No. No, probably not. You said to bring the humour. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> let's, uh, let's liken it to a, a Cambodian leader. Despite being elected on the promise of space exploration over the Soviets, JFK... I'm on first name terms with him. Um... <laughs> Oh, I am on initialism <laughs> terms. Thank you. I okay, can't remember good. the word. Yeah. JFK did not come to an immediate decision on the Apollo missions and whether they should go ahead. So he was arming and ahhing because it was going to cost a lot of money, and he knew that. Huh, I wonder why. But a bit of background here. The Americans were claiming that they were going to be superior in space exploration, but at this time, the US were definitely running second to the Soviets. Wow. So the space race began in 1957. When the Soviets launched the first satellite into space. Any ideas what that's called? Uh, Probably heard of it. Sputnik. Sputnik. Sputnik I one. Yeah. I did know it. It was there. It was and the, the American time. public was super shocked that the Soviets had beaten them. Then the US launched their own satellite the next year, so they're a bit behind. Someone was called Patriotic Love Missile. Oh my goodness! Like so many of the things are actually called stuff like that. It's yeah. great. So they put their thing out the next year, and then they decided they were going to one-up them, and they were like, getting a person into space is our next goal. But the Soviets beat them yet again when cosmonaut Yuri Gagarin became the Yuri? first... Pardon? I just said his name. Yuri, that's right. Yuri. Maybe became... what are you on first name basis? Yeah. <laughs> I'm on initialism basis with yeah, YG. That's, that's YG. So <laughs> he became the first person into outer space, and he went into orbit of the Earth in 1961. So that was April. The next month, the U.S. launched its first astronaut, Alan Shepard, into suborbital space as part of Project Mercury. He's, he was aboard the, the craft, the Freedom Seven, <laughs> yeah, which is a very stuff. American name. <laughs> uh, but he only went suborbital, which means he got into space but didn't complete like a full orbit, like YG from, sure. from Russia. <laughs> so it's kind of like having a number two hit. It's yeah. pretty impressive. But number one is so much better. Yeah, yeah. Number one. And then, I love, America is such a great country, 20 days after Alan Shepard became the first US person into space, but still didn't do proper orbital, JFK gets up there and says to Congress, hey guys, I believe that this nation should commit ourselves to achieving the goal before this decade is out of landing a man on the moon and returning him safely to Earth. Mm-hmm. So they have Famous any, speech. They have, it's, it is a famous speech. I think it was more compelling when he said it, but you did a good job. Mm-hmm. And uh, I believe that uh, our nation there... Uh, <laughs> Before this decade is out. <laughs> That's a pretty good impression of JFK. It's not bad. Yours, it, 
like I don't I can't quite put my finger on the accent that was sneaking into it. It was a little bit Irish, wasn't it? Yeah. It was like a leprechaun. Leprechaun. Oh, the dickhead is out. I've got to put him out on the moon. I hear a belly. I hear a fuck. Now I'm thinking about Irish. Anyway, so he's gone. Hey guys, we can't do the satellite. Hey guys, we can't get an astronaut into space first. Hey guys, we're going to put a man on the moon. But don't you think like. Because the um, the Soviets keep beating them, so don't tell them what you're going to do. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. Like, They've got better technology, clearly. Yeah, at this stage. and you're sort of saying, oh, before the decades out, this is the early '60s. So you're like, well, I'm giving us plenty of time. To yeah, do this. exactly. He thinks he's got a long time. They're just going to beat you. Work quick, dudes. So the cards are on the table. Americans, they've gone all in, despite the fact they are behind. And this is uh, so 19. 19- uh, 1962 this is, and then John F. Kennedy was assassinated on November 22nd, 1963. So he never saw people get to the moon. Sad. So mm. just keep that in the back of your mind. So, landing the men on the moon, it's pretty ambitious and required a huge sudden burst of technological creativity. And it was the largest commitment of resources ever made by any nation during peacetime. So the US invested a whopping 24 billion dollars that's Whoa. with a b in the 60s which is equal in 2014 to 356 billion dollars that's a lot of cash that's a lot of cash a lot of money at, at its peak the apollo program employed 400,000 people what required the support of 20,000 industrial firms and universities so it was a big spend but it created a lot of jobs yeah i was going to say at least it is creating a lot of jobs but at the end of the day and w- and while i'm certainly not you know saying it's not an impressive feat but at the end of the day, all you're doing is like, can we do this? Oh, yeah, there we go. We did it. No, I'm guessing they, like, anyway, keep going. <laughs> I'm sort of just shitting all over the moon landing. Like, what did you do? All you did is went to the moon. But it's a not lot that happened impressive. from that. It's not that. I, I'm impressed, but not only because I've watched these two documentaries and I'm kind of obsessed with them. Sure. Like, it is a kind of cool thing, but yeah, what has it really done? Yeah, but then I'm thinking. Uh, hey, well, it's like, all about beating the they Russians. Learned so they would have learned a lot. Run upside down and stuff. Right upside down. Right upside down. <laughs> Yeah, and then the Soviets are just like, use a pencil. Yeah. So hey, we beat those Soviets. Yeah, I we say we. I what do you they. mean, we? <laughs> hey. You watch two documentaries and now you're an American. I am an American. Oh, my goodness. But see, I also am happy that I'm doing this project because last night at my trivia night that I host, I heard a woman say, Neil Armstrong, he was British, right? Oh. No, probably the most American guy of all time. And then she goes, oh, no, sorry, I'm thinking of Lance Armstrong. Also American. <laughs> also American, okay. so did not excuse the mistake. Please do not go to trivia nights. Wait, no, I was thinking of Stretch Armstrong. <laughs> also oh, an no, American he, he's a, a toy. Ah. <laughs> an American toy. <laughs> <laughs> he's a toy. Oh, I can never get that right. Oh, fuck, British, a toy. <laughs> oh, I'm thinking of my husband. He's... No, Australian. Yeah. He's, he's Australian. So the US completed a number of unmanned missions over the next six years, five or six years. It wasn't until 1967 that they had their first manned mission. This has since been known to history as Apollo 1. And it can't be described as anything other than horrific disaster. Ooh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, man. That's death. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. So it was supposed to be the first manned test flight of the Apollo Command Service Module, which they call the CSM. That's the bit right at the front of the rocket where they sit. Oh, yeah. So right at the top. So they didn't have fuel in the rocket. There was just a test. They were just going to sit there and uh, do a countdown. That's what they were going to do. So the plan was for them, Apollo 1, eventually after this test, to be the first people to uh, orbit Earth in the thing and then come back. 
launched on a big rocket called the Saturn 1B. It's a massive rocket. So, on January 27th, 1967, whilst undergoing a procedural launch simulation after five and a half hours of delays, an electrical fire began in the cabin, Oh! spread ridiculously quickly in the high-pressure, 100% oxygen atmosphere that was around them. The three men in control lost radio contact with the NASA tower after just 17 seconds. So, went up in flames really quick. Pressure rose high enough from the fire that the cabin burst. And the fire erupted onto the pad area, which frustrated attempts to rescue them. Uh, the astronauts were asphyxiated and then burnt before the hatch could be opened. So really, the hatch actually opened inward and was very complicated to get open in a disaster. So the three astronauts, Gus Grissom, Edward White, Roger Chafee, had no hope of survival. So it's oh. massive tragedy, big disaster. It rocked the NASA mission, the Apollo mission. But it was like a dress rehearsal, wasn't it? Like, so th- They yeah. weren't even really taking off. They no, were no, just no. counting down. So they were just counting oh down. Oh, my God. <laughs> something went wrong. It's super bad. And so, oh. th- and luckily it was a dress rehearsal because there's no fuel. Otherwise, it could have exploded. It would have been much worse. It would have been terrifying. Still not great. Oh, terrible. <laughs> Awful. Uh, so the United States Congress were like, whoa, 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 this is not good. They launched a committee inquiry into the NASA who did their own investigation into Man, the incident. that would have been so embarrassing. Yeah, oh, right? People were really... Check this out, USSR. <laughs> <laughs> Like, we can do it too. And somebody oh, just, somebody oh, just like didn't plug something in properly oh. and it just sparked. And, off and they had a big investigation. They could not find the cause of the fire. So this day, oh, they cigarette. Like, yeah, it's always it's a, a cigarette. It's always and the US public were like, hey, we don't know if we want to do this. This is not a cool thing because three American heroes, as they say, have just died for nothing. Yeah, literally how, nothing. How the hell are you going to get to the moon if you can't have them sit on the pad and oh. count from 10 to 0? Uh, so, but eventually, after a big investigation and halting the mission, they decided to go ahead with the moon mission, but they had a number of safety procedures that were amended. So they had new fireproof suits. Ah. It's a good invention. Good start. The removal of flammable material in the cabin. Excellent. Also clever. A hatch that could be, could be quickly opened in an emergency. There we go. All things that, in retrospect, seem pretty common sense. You but would hope they so. did that. So the deceased astronaut's widows asked NASA that they name... Apollo 1, or the name Apollo 1, be reserved for their flight, the flight that they never made. So it was decided in retrospect that what they were originally called AS-204, that that would be recorded as Apollo 1 out of respect for those guys. So at the time they went, hey, we're Apollo 1. They thought there was something else. Yeah. And since three oh. unmanned Apollo missions before them had already taken place, which is AS-201, 202, 203, it was decided that the next mission, the first unmanned uh, test of Saturn V, the big rocket, that would be called Apollo 4. Okay. So, and everything else from then on is 5, 6, 7. So, so the, there's no there such three thing. three prequels. Yes, there's no yeah. such thing as Apollo 2 or Apollo 3. Yeah, hmm. cool. So, there you go. It's they just, just skip straight to 4. Out of respect for those guys. So, the, nice. the missions continued on. Apollo 7 was the next manned flight. So, they did 4, 5, and 6. And Apollo 8 was the first f- manned flight to leave Earth's orbit. It reached the moon. It, uh, and it made the crew the first humans to ever see the far side of the moon and the Earth rise over the lunar horizon. Oh, that would have been so wow. sick. That would have been top-notch. Having no idea what it would have really looked like, I guess. Yes. Yeah, so or did they have satellite footage of that sort of stuff? Oh, probably there had been satellites that went to the moon, but yeah. So they just kind of... So that was a manned flight that went to the moon. Went to the moon, did it sort of... Went around and then came back. But didn't land on it. So there was already satellite... So maybe it wouldn't have been that cool to see. 
Oh, but like, with your own eyes, I reckon it would be pretty cool. So man. Neil Armstrong wasn't even the first person to go to the moon. No, well, because the next one was um, Apollo 10 in May 1969. That was a dress rehearsal for the moon landing. The crew did everything the Apollo one, pardon me, the Apollo 11 mission would do, except they stopped just short of landing on the moon. So they got there, did a lap, got the lunar module, lowered it down to within 15 kilometers of the moon, and then this went straight back oh, up and man. then went home. So. A really cool thing to do, but they are like 15k away from being the people we all know. That's so strange. It reminds me of Burke and Will's, yeah. like almost how far were they? It was like, about 15k's, I think. No, I think it was even less. I thought that were like 5k's or oh, something. Maybe it was, yeah, because they could taste the salt water. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was such a short. And they're like, so you guys, know what? Close enough. From back they go. They're the Burke and Will's of the 20th, 20th century, <laughs> and I think that this podcast could be the Burke and Will's of the 21st century. <laughs> we could. We'll almost do well. <laughs> We'll almost be someone. <laughs> and we'll die of starvation before reaching the ultimate success. Yeah. <laughs> Fabulous. W- w- what's the dream. ultimate success to you? Um, podcast glory. Podcast glory, yeah. <laughs> Top of the charts. <laughs> if I could have one thing, it would be podcast glory, <laughs> please. One thing. One thing and one thing. Only. Yeah. Okay, so we've, the te- Apollo 10's made it to the moon. They've gotten real close, but they've come home. Then we finally get to the Apollo 11, the famous moon mission. So the three men chosen for the July 1969 moon landing were Commander Neil Armstrong, the one we all know. He was one month away from turning 40, so he's 39 at this time. He's old. He's a former... Hey, hey he's decorated. No, but like, um, you know what I mean. Like, you'd think... It's fine. I guess you've also got to be... Like, they're all super smart. Guys, right? What do they need to know? They're some sort of science guys. They're pretty robot, science-y. robot guys. Well, he is... Engineer-type people. No, he's just a, a <laughs> he's just a crazy good pilot. So, oh. he's a former officer in the US Navy. Oh. He was just a pilot. He had served in the Korean War. No. Oh. After the war, he served as a test pilot at the National Advisory Committee for Aeronautics. I didn't know that. There you go. In a high-speed high flight station. Where he'd logged 900 flights as like super quick pilot dude. Right. Super quick pilot dude is the technical term, obviously. Yes, thank you, Matthew. Look <laughs> <laughs> at you. I don't know why we both just turned on you oh, then. No, like, sorry, Matt. Because you said the word engineer and we're like, uh, no, actually, he's a super high tech pilot dude. <laughs> <laughs> he's done like heaps of flying. Uh, then he joined uh, NASA Astronaut Corps in 1962. And before Apollo 11, he'd flown into space once in 1966. And he was technically the first American civilian to go into space because he'd retired from the Navy. He was technically a civilian. Ah. So there you go. That's pretty cool. I actually I didn't know he was a pilot, so that's cool. There you go. Yeah, We're so learning. Decorated pilot, 900 flights. And then we have lunar module pilot, Edwin Buzz Aldrin mm-hmm. Jr. He was also 39 years old. He's a former U.S. Air Force officer and command pilot. And in 1966, he had been one of the first people to complete a space walk. So he's actually walked outside space before. Neil has not. And sadly, the man that not many people remember is Command Module Pilot. Give me a clue. I reckon I'll know his name. Give me the first letter of his name. Is this guy an engineer? M. Michael? Michael. Surname? Starts with? C. Uh, Michael, no. Uh, No. Come on, Jess, you can do this. Michael... Matt, do you want to have a guess? C. He starts with C. 
Cranberry. That's pretty good. Yeah, I reckon we'd all remember it. It's a really common name. That's the other thing that's against. Is that you remember no, Armstrong Chapman. is awesome. Yeah. Buzz, cool name. This guy is Michael Collins. Collins! Oh. He's yeah. also like an Irish. Was he Irish? He had a movie made out about him, I think. Just for doing nothing. Or good maybe on that him. was just a different Michael Collins. <laughs> probably, probably a different Michael Collins. For doing nothing. Well, he, at 38, was the youngest of the crew. Oh, the baby. He'd been... The fourth ever person to complete a spacewalk, even before Buzz. Oh, wow. Michael Collins. He had also been in the US Air Force and later went on to be director of the National Air and Space Museum. Okay. So multifaceted, Michael Collins. He's a, a pretty cool guy. They're all pretty qualified guys. But he was the one who stayed in the, in the ship. <laughs> That's right. a better word. So he stayed... In the module, module while they went down. I don't know if it's Somebody such a had bad to. result Somebody for him. Somebody had to. You know, he's still got to be there. He just wouldn't have had all the bullshit afterwards. Yeah, true. I reckon what, what kind of bullshit do you foresee them Oh, like going Buzz Aldrin. He can't go down the shops without yeah. the kids. Oh, yeah. to... The kids, because he is like the number one most followed person on Twitter, yeah. mm-hmm. Instagram. People are going crazy. I wouldn't know the if he has Twitter. At time, he would have been. Equiv- equivalent of Twitter in 1969, which was... Magazines. Oh, <laughs> Playboy. Playboy. I'm going to look up if Buzz Aldrin has Twitter. He does. I'm following him. They would have been all all over him. He would have he would have been so famous. Neil Armstrong even worse. Oh, he would have been the most famous person alive. He has yeah. nine hundred thousand followers. That doesn't feel like enough. Well, well nine hundred thousand and one now. He's got one, one now. After the show, I pledge allegiance to that Buzz I will Aldrin. follow Buzz Aldrin. Do you reckon I'll get a follow back? Probably. Probably. Yeah, Let's probably. tweet him when the show goes out. It's probably, yes! It's probably nice for Buzz to be followed now after following Neil that day. Oh. Like he famous, he's a famous oh. follower. He's a sheep. And now, yeah, really, that's Space all he was. sheep. Come on, mate. Let's let's tread our own path. You know, we know what the saddest part here is that if you look up Michael Collins on Twitter, there's probably like eight thousand people with that name. Oh, you're no good. Call. I'll never find him. Never. It's sad. It, it is, is sad. sad. Okay, so we've got the actual mission. The three dudes, they're ready to rock. They're really qualified. They've all been in space. Now, before, before this mission, the crew of Apollo 10 had named their spacecraft Charlie Brown and Snoopy. Adorable. So, so NASA was like, hey, this is actually going to the moon. We want you to name the craft after something a bit more mature this time. So the command module, <laughs> the bit that Michael Collins gets to hang out in, they called that Columbia after the Columbiad, which is the giant cannon shell spacecraft fired by a giant cannon in a Jules Verne novel, From the Earth to the Moon. Okay, too complicated. So oh. a bit of a reference there that no one was getting. I think a Peanuts reference, everybody got yeah. it at everyone least. Got, yeah. I thought it was just Christopher Columbus, like an explorer. Yeah. Good grief is all I can say to that. Good, <laughs> good grief. Uh, the lunar module, the bit that actually goes down the moon, mm. you've probably seen as a weird-looking sort of goldy, it looks like it's covered in tinfoil, that was called Eagle. Probably heard the, the eagle phrase. Eagles the eagles landed. landed. That's what they meant. That's right. Mm. Also, eagles, very American. Sure. There we go. So, the rocket that was to get them off the ground was called the Saturn V. The Saturn V. It's the tallest, the heaviest, and most powerful rocket ever brought to operational status. Yeah. It was 111 meters tall. And the three men sat at the top of it. meters. That's tall. That's quite tall. And they're at the top, three of them sitting, facing, strapped upwards. So they're looking towards the sky. That would be quite, that'd be quite a, a sweet feeling. 
right? If you like. Being launched in a space, that'd be pretty cool, right? <laughs> probably. Yeah, yeah, probably top have you ever five, thought about that? Top How five cool feel- it would oh, feel? Oh, top five that's feels? what I think it would feel like. Just being shaken. Gar- it sounds oh, like you're gargling. Yeah. And just to prove that uh, that every episode references Nazis in some ways, <laughs> the Saturn V was designed by Werner von Braun, who was a Nazi poached by the USA after World War II during Operation Paperclip. That sounds like something out of the Avengers. What? Like Operation Paperclip? Or just that they, yeah, and that they like snatched a Nazi. Yeah, they snatched thousands of them after, maybe we could do an episode about this, they Gave like diplomatic immunity to really clever diplomatic people immunity. that were working on German rockets. Hey, these are Nazis. I know. I was just quoting no, Lethal it's Weapon. It's <laughs> the only way I can ever hear the words diplomatic yeah. immunity. Yeah, <laughs> diplomatic. Were you thinking immunity. the same thing? Yeah. yeah. So anyway, so they they Operation Paperclip. They got heaps of Nazi people that were really clever guys to come over and work for the United States. And uh, this guy Werner von Braun, he is often described as the godfather of rocket science. So. The godfather of rocket science. Wow. Correct. Mark found it funny. (laughs) Correct. So they're at the top of the the astronaut. Before the launch, um, the three astronauts went into quarantine. And whilst there, they filled some of their time by taking out a sort of life insurance policy on their life. So they looked into life insurance. Really dangerous job being an astronaut. It's going to cost them $50,000 a year in 1969 money to... so not really worth insuring your life for that. So they knew what they were doing was very dangerous. They could possibly die. Actually, pretty likely they're going to die. So that what they did was they signed hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of autographs <gasps> on Smart. these little uh, envelopes. That's amazing. All three of them on the same one. And then what they did was they gave it to their friend who was an astronaut. And on the day that they were going to launch in 1969, he took them to the post office. And they all got stamps with the date. And then he distributed them, their friend, to their three families. Oh. So if they died, that they their families could sell something because they'd be worth Amazing. heaps more because they were the three astronauts that died, right? Oh, my goodness. Uh, spoiler alert, they did not die. Oh. I've so <laughs> never been disappointed that somebody no, no. lived. Let's wrap it up there. Uh, <laughs> but still, these envelopes these days can fetch up to $30,000 each. Wow. So there you go. So it was a collector's item after all. It probably is a better collector's item because they didn't die, right? Yeah, but, they were the but afterwards, made they it. signed thousands of autographs because they were heroes. Totally. For free. So there you go. Wow, that's genius, though. That's so, uh, it's, that's so clever. So they're sitting at the top of the rocket. They're pretty happy. They've they're, they're probably going to die, but their family's going to make a lot of money. They're okay. Amazing. Everyone's going to be okay. Surely that wasn't in their minds. We're probably going to die, was it? I think they must have thought about it. I mean, no, they going, must have been they're like trying to go to the moon. It's really I can't say this enough. It's really dangerous. Yeah, is it though? I mean, they did it. It's not just like flying to Sydney. Like, it's <laughs> oh, sorry. I, yeah, I keep thinking. Well, I mean, it's just like flying to Sydney. Yeah, yeah. But it's not like that. There's They're an Sydney. air hostess and she gives you a meal. And it's not the best meal, but it's well, to, fine. Just to put into context where you're at, they are sitting on top of hundreds of millions of litres of fuel. Yeah. And uh, three You'll years earlier. You'll that. <laughs> and less, yeah, you and will. And less than three years earlier, their mates had died in a fire at the top of that thing. <laughs> And yeah. there was no fuel on board. So, so they needed the fuel. Yeah. That's lesson one that I've got out of this so far. Fuel is Always good. Always have fuel. Always have No, no. If they had fuel, they would have blown up the half of Florida. Well, look, this is, on the information you've given me, <laughs> no fuel, big fire. Fuel, no fire. I think. Well. No st- fire and glory. Statistically, yeah. when they had no fuel, 100% of the time they caught fire. <laughs> My God. 
<laughs> Never thought about that. Yeah. Too soon, Dave. Too soon. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. Whether it's your first ever website or your business is expanding, Squarespace makes it easy to create a beautiful website and engage with your audience. Upload video content, organize your video library and showcase your content on beautiful video pages. You can even sell access to your video library by adding a paywall to your content. (laughs) Cha-ching! You can help with written content on your website with Squarespace AI, which I used to write this next sentence, so check this out. Generate instant, personalised results that know and show your brand identity. Explain what your site is about, choose your tone, and enter what you need to get short or long-form text. Squarespace AI, Squarespace AI makes it easier to go live, stand out, and succeed online. Oh, Dave, if only it could also not just write it, but read it too. <laughs> And edit it. (laughs) Hey, sell exclusive content on your site by adding a paywall to sell memberships or courses. Or sell files your customers can download like PDFs, music or ebooks. Man, it's starting to sound like I'm obsessed with money. (laughs) (laughs) And you are. So head to squarespace.com slash do go on for a free trial and to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. All right, so Apollo 11 launched from the Kennedy Space Center in Florida on July 16th, 1969. At 9.32 a.m. local time, it entered Earth. specific. It entered Earth orbit. Well, they're super specific about everything. Well, they were, they were two minutes late because it was supposed to be 9.30. Get that on Jetstar. People will bloody Oh, they're going to crack the shits. Yeah. It's because people have brought in too much hand luggage. <laughs> yeah. 11 kilos. You really think you're going to get that on board? <laughs> get stow that shit, Neil. <laughs> uh, so it took off 9.32 a.m. And this is how quick it is. It entered Earth orbit just 12 minutes later. So it's so quick. Uh, the Saturn V, the big Faster rockets. Faster than getting to bloody Sydney. Takes yeah. an hour. Cop that just. <laughs> the Saturn V had three stages. This is the big rocket that the Nazi designed. It f- uh, that fell away from the rocket, so eventually each stage gets a little bit smaller and, and it's got these little uh, the rocket engines at the bottom keep getting smaller and smaller until eventually it's just the front of the rocket. How long do you reckon they travelled in space before they hit the moon? I was thinking, well, I said three weeks. I know it's wrong. No. It was Two weeks. Shorter. Isn't it shorter, Dave? It's shorter than two weeks. That's it's, correct. Isn't it, it's less than a week? It's three days. Oh, shit. I'm, again, remembering it from the dish. <laughs> well, it just it's three Are days. Are you claiming less than a week is the right answer? Well, you said three weeks and I said less than a week and the answer was three days. So, uh, you know, I win. Yeah, Dave, right. do go on. <laughs> Thank you so much. Uh, so, they got there July 19th. They passed the moon and fired a surface propulsion engine which made them enter lunar orbit. So now they're going around and around and around the moon. So that's good. Then the next day on July 20, the lunar module, known as Eagle, that we had before, separated from the command module, and Armstrong and Aldrin were in the Eagle, leaving Collins alone, sort of going around and around. Pick us up in half. Right. See in a bit. He's like, I'll just then look for a part. <laughs> <laughs> I'll pick you up out the front. <laughs> See, ya. See you guys. 
Just text me when you're done. Yeah, I'll just do laps. Unless I see a really good one. Unless I see a really good part, then I'll let you know where I am. I'll send you my coordinates. (laughs) GBS this shit. All right, so Collins is alone. Probably, I reckon, eating all their supplies. Oh, totally. I'd be hoeing down on Twix. Mm -hmm. Space food, Twix. Yeah, you've just been alone. You've been in a thing with two other dudes for three days, and now you've got some alone time. You'd fart. The first thing you'd do is fart. There'd be so many things you'd do. I learned... I actually read this thing, and I can't tell if it was true or not, so that's why I wasn't going to put it in, but you've brought it up, that Michael Collins, when he was on the way there, took heaps and heaps of, uh, like, Imodium anti-diarrhea things to sort of back himself up so he didn't have to shit in space. But it just resulted in him farting over and over and over again inside the control module. Oh. So I was right. You were right. Bonus point for Jess. Thank you. We're doing points now, by the way. It's suddenly become... Matt? It's one nil. And I'm winning. You're on zero. Still catch up. Uh, they wanted to land on a part of the moon called the Sea of Tranquility. Ooh. Sounds, sounds like the perfect spot to yeah. land. It was that or the Desert of Death. So yeah. they thought, no. Oh, which one? Let's go. Both of them look pretty rocky. <laughs> but uh, the Sea of Tranquility, that sounds nice. Ooh. Free spar upgrade. <laughs> and uh, as the descent towards the moon below began, Armstrong and Aldrin found they were passing landmarks on the surface Four seconds too early. This is how specific these dudes are. Wow. They're like, hang on, that rocks. That's four seconds early. And they reported that they were going to land long and that they thought they were going to land miles west of the tran- Sea of Tranquility. Desert of Death is where they Oh, uh, no. So five minutes into the descent, just 1,800 metres, which is not very far, above the surface of the moon, the Eagle's navigation and guidance computer distracted the crew with the first of several unexpected program alarms. So it's just going alarm, alarm, oh. alarm, while they're trying to concentrate on really quite a dangerous thing. Back in Houston, Texas, they had no idea what was going on. They were like, uh, but then this 24-year-old computer program whiz kid. Bill Gates. <laughs> <laughs> well, his name's Jack Garman. He might have, just, you know, Garmin the GPS. Oh. Had nothing to do with it. Oh, disappointing. <laughs> Spelled it differently. But he told the astronauts, hey guys, I've seen it before. I've written down what to do. What you do is you ignore it and keep going. That was his advice. He he's, was like, like, he's like the IT guy. Just turn it off and back on again. That was actually what he th- he, he said. If it doesn't happen again, you're going to be sweet. But then it happened again <gasps> over and over and over again. So it's, and uh, in hindsight, what they've worked out is, because this is happening in seconds. So they can't work it out because their computer's a shit ass at the time. Uh, they worked out that what had happened was the computer felt it was being overworked. It couldn't complete all of its tasks. So it was just saying, I'm just going to reboot. Give so me a break. Just, Give me a break. So it just, it was just crashed and reboot. It was over and over again. The alarms were going off. And uh, just a bit of a, a side note here. The lunar module, whilst it was state-of-the-art 1969 computing technology, $24 billion worth, uh, the computer on board only had 65 kilobytes of memory. Which, just to put into context, the newly released iPhone 6S has two gigabytes of memory or RAM, which is equal to two million kilobytes. Oh my goodness. So their computer, Buzz Aldrin has described it since as having the same memory as a modern digital watch. That's incredible. And that is what's... Our phones are more powerful. Like Memory-wise, yeah. By a lot, then thousands of times more powerful. But but sometimes my phone just freezes for no reason, and I have to turn it off and back on again. <laughs> and they got to the moon. And imagine it happens in the life or death situation. This is like the time. This is the bit that they haven't done yet. The because they've gotten there. Yeah. And then got, this is the bit, Matt, 
this is what they've done the dress rehearsal before. And now they're at the bit. And the alarm's going off saying, hey. Hang on. Nah, nah. And they're on the ground, they're this close to saying abort. <gasps> we don't want to risk these guys' life. Because the, the, the thing is, if they get there and they get stuck, no one can rescue them. That's it. Yeah. That's over. They're going to just die there. So Armstrong looked outside. He saw that the computer's landing target was actually going to be in a boulder-strewn area. So okay. there's boulders everywhere. And uh, east, just east of a 300-metre diameter crater. And he was like, oh, I don't trust this computer anymore. He realised it was low on fuel. They only had two minutes before that they were going to completely run out of fuel. So Armstrong, super badass, took it into semi-automatic control. And with Aldrin calling out altitude and velocity data and quietly shitting his pants <laughs> <laughs> on his lap. He didn't, uh, he didn't have the constipation thing. No, he really should have. Because um, I've actually, in a post-interview that I've read, um, that I saw with Aldrin, he was saying that he didn't want to take over Neil's concentration. Sure. He didn't want to break his... Con- but at the same time, he was trying to use body language to imply, hey, Neil, we kind of got to get this thing on the ground. Because now uh, the guys back in Texas, they've got a stopwatch that says two minutes left of fuel. And uh, they've decided to go silent to not control, uh, to disrupt yeah. Neil's memory. But all they're calling out is minute 30, minute 15 of how much fuel is left. Neil lands at 8.17 p.m. with 15 seconds of fuel left. Oh, boy. So it's super close. Oh, wow. He lands it, takes it down. And Armstrong says, Houston... Tranquility base here, the eagle has landed. And that's actually improvised, calling themselves Tranquility Base. Oh. Did that on the fly, bit of Neil Armstrong good magic. Pro. He's good, bit of crowd work. The very, well, we, the, could, we could learn from Neil from Armstrong. Neil, the very nervous ground control dude replied, Roger Twang, Tranquility. He uh, stuffed that up. We copy you on the ground. You got a lot of guys about to turn blue here. We're breathing again. Thanks a lot. <laughs> and then everyone That's starts cool. clapping, going, yeah, we're on the moon. Imagine being in that room. Like, not only imagine being like the three guys in space, how you would, it would, you, you'd feel like you hadn't breathed for a very long time. But imagine being in the room on, on Earth. Oh. That'd be amazing. They are, you, I would have felt so Would sick. they be popping champagne at that stage or do they wait? <laughs> I don't know. Well... Speaking of champagne, Ooh. Buzz radioed to Earth. He said, this is the LM pilot, lunar module pilot. I'd like to th- take this opportunity to ask every person listening in, whoever and wherever, wherever they may be, to pause for a moment and contemplate the events of the past few hours and give thanks in his or her own way. That's very nice. Oh. See, Aldrin is a very religious man. He's a Presbyterian. And he wanted to mention God. But at the time, NASA was still fighting a big lawsuit brought by outspoken and world-famous atheist Madeleine Murray O'Hare. Mm-hmm. And she'd, uh, she'd sued and objected to Apollo 8, the crew reading from the book of Genesis in an earlier mission. So NASA was like, hey, Boz, maybe don't mention, mention the G word. <laughs> oh, so God. I, I, can't, I quite like how he said it, though. So he said that. In his or so her own way. Or her, so it, that, I think that's very good. It's accessible to everyone. That's yeah. lovely. Then... Aldrin took a secret communion on board the module, which he'd smuggled on, also known as Co-Moon-yen. <laughs> no, get out. Yes. No. Yes, I wrote that down. Pretty no. good. Pretty good. So what he did, <laughs> sitting in the lunar module, Aldrin, he opened up a little plastic package with wine and bread inside it. He poured the wine into a chalice from his Presbyterian church and later wrote that in the one-sixth gravity of the moon, the wine slowly curled 
and gracefully came up oh, the side man. of the cup. That'd be rad. That'd be so re- cool. He read himself the scripture, I am the vine, you are the branches. Whosoever abides in me we will bring forth much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. And then he drank the wine. So the first thing ever drunk on the moon was wine. Yeah. And I reckon Neil is sitting next door to him going, can I have a bit of that? Yeah. I should have brought a beer. Should have, should have cracked a beer. I'm not really as religious as you, but. Yeah. Have a few brewskis yeah. on the moonskis. <laughs> on the moonskis. Oh, so moon communion is not fine. Communion was much moon-skies. worse than so brewskis on the moonskis. The schedule for the mission then called for the astronauts to follow the landing with a five-hour sleep period. And it's like, bullshit. Have a nap. We just landed on the moon. There's no way that we're going to go to bed now. Like, they've got to be... You know when you get to a holiday destination, and even though you're jet-lagged as shit, <laughs> you still want to take a bit of a trip around the hotel, see what's out there. Get straight in the pool. Because you're like, I'm in Beijing. I want to see what Beijing's like. Yeah, yeah. I'm not going to have a nap. I can't no. sleep now. But it's like that, but you've travelled, like, half a million miles. Yeah. <laughs> Which crazy. is for, way so some, further than Beijing. Yeah. <laughs> somewhere, it's at least twice <laughs> as far as Beijing. Yeah. Somewhere that nobody else has ever been. Like, heaps of people have been to Beijing. Oh, yeah. Nobody's been to the moon. Well, they have, but they haven't landed on it. Yeah. Well, they have landed. As far as we know, I mean the aliens. There's like been such a long history. Do we know that the dinosaurs never did? Good point. <laughs> I don't. Do we know? <laughs> oh, Just imagine. a question. His face is so high and mighty. Right, like, <laughs> do we? Hmm? Did you research that, Dave? Fuck. <laughs> 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 Prove it. Prove they haven't. <laughs> so uh, Armstrong and Aldrin, they were like, "Hey, can we sort of bump up the schedule here? We want to get out there." So. Once they were ready to go outside, so a couple of hours went past, but NASA was like, all right, we're excited too. You're excited. Everyone's a little excited. Let's get you out there. <laughs> Let's do really? it. Really? Even though the t- TV networks would have been like, can we hold it up to prime time? That's what I was super mm. worried. I also thought about that. It's like, hang on, don't they have mil- billion dollar television deals going out? I think so. I do vaguely remember something like that in The Dish, where they're like, they're, they're going. They're going to do it. And everybody's watching in their PJs. Right. Early or late at night? Uh, probably depends on where you are. <laughs> well, I've got the times. I've got the times. But we'll get to that. There's a big bit about the dish and the thing coming up. Get excited, Jess. I know I'm you, so excited. I know you like the dish. Is it a good movie? Should I say Yeah, it? it's a good movie. It's got Sam Neill. I, I like the Working Dog. Working Dog, yeah. It's got Sam Neill. It's got, it's got a lot of good lines in it's it. It's got uh, Putty from Seinfeld. Is Putty in it? Yeah, I think Putty's in it. Does he... Play an American Does he like s- speak real yeah. slow? Oh, I didn't know he was in Seinfeld. I forgot that guy's name, but I really like him. He's yeah. great, and he's great in it too. He's very funny. Great guy. Good old Putty, the mechanic. Uh, so well, they're ready to go outside. Eagle was depressurized. The hatch was opened, and Armstrong made his way down the ladder first. Now, there's been a lot of rumors since that Buzz was supposed to go first, and that Armstrong pulled rank and was like, "I'm the captain. I'm going out." But in reality, it's a really tiny, tiny module, and he was closest to the door. So Buzz that is couldn't get out. Amazing. Well, that played, is th- Buzz. that's the reason that Armstrong went first. Sure. Amazing. Uh, at the bottom of the ladder, Armstrong turned and set his left boot on the surface, then spoke that immortal phrase, some of the most famous words in human history. That's one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. Do you think he thought about that a lot? Well, there's also been rumours about that. Some people claim that he went down the ladder. Because he'd been thinking about it a lot and people had given him all these phrases like say something from Shakespeare, say something from the Bible. And uh, some people claim that he improvised it mm-hmm. on the way down. Oh, there. I always assumed it was written for him, but that's, then, that's other, cool. then his brother said, 
that uh, he found in a diary. Okay. That was his words. So it's one of those things. But what Armstrong has always claimed, or did always claim, was that he'd said that's one fo- small step for a man, one giant leap for mankind, but um, that it, it had cut out ah. on the transmission on the A. Ah. So mm. it probably makes changes sense, it a bit, doesn't it? Yeah, one small step for a man, one giant leap for mankind. Ah. So that's what he was trying to say in his words. But he's listened to it back and said, yeah, I can't hear it either, but I swear I said it. Yeah. Because <laughs> it, it. Yeah, doesn't, does it make sense as man and mankind in that sense is the same thing, right? <clears throat> if it's not yeah. a man. It's still... Let's I always, I always nice read it say. as a man anyway. Yeah, one yeah like I'm just, I'm just man. one man making a little step, but, you know, what one. a big step we've all taken as a civilization. Good job, everybody. Mankind. And then there's a, there's a rumor that he said something after that. Are you want to talk about that at all? Yeah, he no, said, please. let's all get fucking wasted. No, Bring the- out the communion. <laughs> <laughs> Boom! <laughs> Brewskis on the moonskis. <laughs> let's, get the, let's get this party started. <laughs> no, one's, no one can stop me. I can do whatever I want. I can do what I want. You know my mum, Buzz? <laughs> Something like that. Something like that. What did it? What are you talking no, about? No, there was something. Uh, I don't remember the exact words or the name. It was something like he said. Um, he he. Ma- I don't remember it at all. No, he made a reference to Mister. Let's say Mister. Oh Wilson. yes, I have come across this. That's made up. It's yeah, yeah. That's disappointing. Oh. So it's, it's obviously there's a up. reference. Is to, that um, why, where the song it was about Mister Vane? Mister Vane, the song Call we were singing me earlier Mr. today. Vane. It is not Mister. What, um, what's the myth? What's the myth line? That he says... Um, he actually said, uh, sp- supposedly said, good luck, Mr. Gorski. Gorski. The story what? behind that is that when he was a child, he was playing baseball through an open window. Mm-hmm. He heard Mrs. Gorski yell at her husband, oral sex? You want oral sex? When the kid next door walks on the moon? Right, yeah. But it's just a myth. Yeah. So there you go. But it's a cool myth. When the kid that. next door walks on the moon. So, and he was so like, like, pigs fly. You know? Yeah, yeah. So and that's... It's not quite as snappy as pigs fly. Exactly. When the kid next door, that guy there, Neil <laughs> Armstrong. Yeah, that kid playing baseball, he's rubbish at that, but he will be a great pilot someday. Yeah, yeah it's, it. very, it's too specific, isn't it? Is, it is, yeah. It's ridiculous. Yeah, right. Uh, but two cameras on the module filmed the event and amazingly broadcast in black and white Armstrong's first steps. Live around the world. So there's a camera actually mounted on the module. That's how they filmed it. Wow. Uh, because of random skeptics. Probably like an early GoPro, yeah? Well, it was tiny and it had to run on seven watts of power, which the guy that invented it said is equal to one Christmas light. Oh, wow. So it had to be, and it also had to withstand temperatures of plus 250 degrees, that's minus 250 degrees. That's, a that's quite a, a range. Yeah, that's that's a Fahrenheit, range. but that's still. Quite a oh, range. Fair, sorry, Fahrenheit. Still hot. Still really and hot. And cold. It's warm. And, you know, mild. <laughs> it's mild. We get that on a good day here in Melbourne. Oh, yeah. We get that. Because of rampant scepticism, NASA, even at the time, thought people were going to disbelieve this. So that's why they wanted it to be live. Ah, so sure. they wanted people to watch it live. So it was the video was transmis- transmitted to a tracking Man. station here in Australia. Yeah. Dish, then back up to a satellite. Then back to Earth in Houston. And then around the world. So it has to go a long way. So from the moon to Australia, back up to satellite, to Houston, then around the world. You know they have interviews with celebrities in Hollywood and there's that that satellite delay. What mm. kind of delay were they getting I don't know. from the moon? Probably, <laughs> Good point. Pro- probably longish. <laughs> <laughs> it probably was. Or you, you're saying that... Longish is, uh, the, again, the technical term. Yeah. 
scientists. You keep banging on about live. I don't think so. I don't think I don't. I call bullshit. Well, an estimated 530 million people watched that delayed bullshit. That is incredible. <laughs> 530, which at the time is 14% of the entire population on Earth. Yeah, wow. Amazing. Despite the fact that the first moonwalk took place in the middle of the night in Europe, so in the UK it was 2.56 in the morning, France, Germany, Italy, it was 3.56. It was not broadcast at all in the Eastern Bloc because the USSR were like, whoa, let's not show that. Ooh. Except Romania and Poland got to go. They could see. Cool. It's in fact there. Uh, 20 minutes later, Mr. Buzz Aldrin joined Armstrong on the surface. Why did it take so long? Neil's just sort of wandering around. I reckon he was like, the bottle of wine. Yeah, no, I reckon Buzz was sitting there going, if there's aliens that are going to eat him, yeah. they'll probably strike within the first 20 minutes. Good call. Nah, good smart. call. That is smart. God, Buzz is good. Buzz is real good. Yeah. But at the same time, you know, I, I find that w- those sort of things would have been crazy at the time for a deeply religious guy who all, like... Traditionally, religion was like, you know, God created everything, that sort of stuff. How do you explain that to yourself, the moon and and this huge... Space. Huge space. Uh, Maybe of, it's... Which I like to call... Space. Well, yeah, space, sure, that, that's, that'll do. Um, yeah, it just seems uh, like okay. that, at the time... <laughs> Technical, great. At the time, that would have been like... Uh, would have just... Would have made me ask a lot of questions as th- a religious guy. I think I it must be... Such an overwhelming thing to see the Earth looking back. Mm. It's got to make you think there's something out there, though, right? Yeah. All of a sudden, you're probably thinking less about it being the center of of the universe. Yeah, it makes which is your own word for space. Makes your own issues seem a little silly, hey? It does. <laughs> yeah. Can't drive a manual. Feel like a bit of a goose. Oh well, it's a lot more out there. Yeah. <laughs> Don't know why that's my example. <laughs> Can't drive a manual. Can't drive a manual. Neither can I. Should I be questioning my life choices? Is that, is that what you're saying? No, no. Yeah. Well, yeah, question, the moon. question them briefly, but then realise that they're insignificant. Yeah. Because of the moon. Because <laughs> moon. Yeah. It's, it's one of those things. You take it. I reckon you take it two ways. You either go, wow, I, I am so insignificant. I'll do nothing with my life. Who cares? Yeah. Or, wow, I've been to the moon. Let's just do some stuff with you know what I mean. I can yeah, do anything. Anything's possible. Yeah. Anything's po- yeah. But we haven't been to the moon and never will. I, I can safely say I'll never be to the, never be <laughs> to the moon. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you're, you're not passing the test. <laughs> I'll never go. I'll yeah. never be to the moon. <laughs> yeah, that's part of the, the first NASA test for intelligence. <laughs> what's what's wrong with this sentence? I will never be to the moon, and you're going. Trick question. It's fine. <laughs> Absolutely fine. I have a journalism degree. Do you? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, well that you've just cheapened that somewhat, I think. I'll never be to the moon. What what university was it? Deacon, so it doesn't really count. Oh. <sighs> Sorry, Deacon. Sorry, Deacon. That's no, right. So Neil Armstrong and Buzz, they headed out to explore the moon. This is great. They had to remember not to fully close the door on the landing module behind them. Oh my god. The door was closed to prevent heat escaping from the cabin, but not completely in case the cabin somehow repressurized, which would make it difficult for them to get back inside. Oh, imagine. And uh, Aldrin and Armstrong Strong even made a joke about leaving the door open. Aldrin said, okay, now I want to go back up and partially close the hatch. Long pause. Making sure not to lock it on my way out. Armstrong laughs. A particularly good thought. <laughs> Classic comedy. Comedy. Classic. Comedy. God, on the these moon. two. The moon, they... the moon Comedy Club, they're playing the... No one. No one. Except some aliens. Uh, on his way down the ladder, Armstrong had uh, uncovered a plaque mounted on the lunar module. Oh, I thought you were going to say on the surface of the moon. 
Oh, that would have been a, that would have been a bigger there. story. The plaque was already. Hey, there's a plaque here. <laughs> Probably the Dutch. They always beat everyone to yeah. everything. Yeah. Captain Cook's like. Yeah, the Dutch nah, get I'm there and they're like, Nah, you know what? This is not in in a bit of in inhospitable. <laughs> I am also never yeah. going to bean to the moon. That's true. <laughs> I also referred to something as the biscuit before. Yeah. So oh, none yeah. of us are going to be to the Fail. moon. We're not going to be the three. <laughs> we'll stick to What's podcast What's the word I was glory. trying to say? Inhabitable. In, 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 inhospitable? Inhabitable. Inhabitable. No, that's, that's is not that a word. It? <laughs> I don't think it is. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, thankfully... <laughs> Good old Neil, he he left a plaque there to signify all of humankind. Uh, the Western and Eastern Hemispheres on a, on a map. <laughs> and it's an inscription from President Nixon. Uh, sorry, the signature of President Nixon at the time. So Richard Nixon's the president, by the way. And uh, it said, here men from the planet Earth first set put... Oh, God. <laughs> B to the moon. B to the moon. <laughs> here men from the planet Earth first set foot upon the moon. July 1969, we came in peace for all mankind. That's so the aliens see it and go, oh, yeah. that's okay. Oh, okay, cool. They because they left the module there, so the, the plaque right. on, the, on the ladder is still hanging out. Cool. Uh, they also... Right, so that, that foil thing's still up there. Yeah, they left so much shit up there. Wow. They didn't even clean up their own litter. Not at all. They left this bags of urine and stuff up there. Ew. I don't, still there. I don't know, they got to pee somewhere, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Well, here's a fact. Buzz Aldrin... Wasn't the first man to step foot on the moon, but uh, first man to piss on the moon. All right. You heard it here first. Uh, they also flanted the... Uh, f- <laughs> flanted? Well, that could be a thing. Go on, finish <laughs> off the sentence. They also flanted the flag of the United States uh. of America. The flag used on this mission had a metal rod to hold it horizontal from the pole, so pretty standard, but the rod did not fully extend properly. The flag was tightly folded and packed during the journey, so the flag ended up with a slightly wavy appearance as if there was a breeze. That's what they tell the conspiracy people that say, yeah. why was it blowing on the moon with no wind? If I was a conspiracy theorist, that would not be enough to make me go, oh, yeah, oh, of course. Oh, my bad. You rolled it up in the thing. Yeah, That's cool. Yeah, yeah. That wouldn't be enough, but I don't, I'm not, a, in, not on, in this case, I'm a <laughs> conspiracy theorist, so... I'm cool with that. Are but gonna... if I was, I'd be like, fuck off. Yeah, yeah, totally. All right, mate. Yeah. Give me All give right, me some... mate. All, all right. Pull the other one, mate. Give me some give credit. Me some. Give me some credit. Was not born yesterday, <laughs> mate. Um, Armstrong collected samples of the moon. Meanwhile, Buzz copped a lot of flack because on the live broadcast, it looked like that he was just running around like a crazy man, doing, <laughs> doing what he later claimed to be a kangaroo hop. Uh, this was actually so he looks like a crazy guy, but it was actually organised with NASA. His job was to work out what it was like to move around. On wow, the that was his job. But he just looks crazy. Buzz just run around for a like, bit. Neil's hanging out like digging up samples, and Buzz is just doing laps. Just do, it looks awesome. I'd prefer that job. Yeah. Just bounce around for a bit. Let's just bounce around. Uh, in total, the astronauts walked around one kilometre on the surface, but they never strayed more than 60 metres from the lunar module. So they were really close the whole time. Yeah. Uh, because there was no wind on the surface of the moon, the foot imprints they Apart left... Other than Collins. <laughs> yes! <laughs> I guess he wasn't on the surface, so fair enough. Well, go right. on. Do go on. <laughs> Do go on. Uh, the foot imprints that they left are still there. Wow. 
That's pretty cool. Pretty impressive, Matt. Come on, give give him some credit, Matt. You are being a skeptic about. No, this. no, I love it. It's all really, really cool. That's pretty I would, cool. I would like to be on the moon someday. Hey, has are you going to get to like post this thing at all? A little bit, a little bit, a little all quick right, wrap cool. up. I will I'll do. Wait for that because I'm I'm curious to know. I have no idea if anyone's been there since. If the Russians ever made I've it, I've got the sort of stuff, got so. the answers for that. Great. Uh, but as well as flags and the module itself, the astronauts left behind what is called the Apollo Goodwill Messages. So these are... They just left a DVD of Goodwill Hunting. (laughs) (laughs) And one of the Academy Award. Yeah, yeah. uh, Matt Damon and Ben Affleck won. Yeah. Very good. There you go. Leave that there. Or the MTV (laughs) Award, which is an astronaut, guys. Oh! VMA. You look as smug then as you did with Communion. (laughs) Thank you. I don't think Matt Damon won a video music award. I don't think so, no. no. Uh, There are statements from the leaders... Of 73 countries around the world at the time on a little disc. It's about the size of a US 50 cent piece. Who was the Australian PM at the time? Did he get a gun? I've got got his message. Oh. So it was printed on a piece of silicon. The world leaders' messages were photographed and then reduced to one two hundredth of their size. Jeez. So each message is the size of a pinprick. So the Australian message from the then Prime Minister, John Gorton, his message said, Australians are pleased and proud to have played a part in helping to make it possible for the first man from Earth to land on the moon. And what is their part? Signing this little thing? Is that No, our part was parks. Fair enough. I suppose we've done the video part. That's fine. This is a dramatic... A pretty big part. <laughs> a dramatic fulfilment of man's urge to go always a little further, to explore and to know the formerly unknown, to strive, to seek, to find, and to not yield... May the high courage and the technical genius which made this achievement possible be so used in the future that all mankind will live in a universe in which peace, self-expression, and the chance of dangerous adventures are available to all. I like that. It's pretty Aussie. The chance for dangerous adventures. Yeah, I like that. That's nice. Signed, John Gorton, Prime Minister of Australia. His speechwriter was very good. Yeah. Like, I love that because he probably had nothing to do with it. Absolutely nothing. He just signed it. Yeah. So then it was time to come back to Earth after just two and a half hours walking on the moon. All right, they were a bit worried time. about how long their, uh, their cooling th- system would work. They weren't sure if, if you go on the moon, whether you get really hot, you're close to the sun, all this kind of stuff. Um, Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin returned to the Eagle. But whilst moving around in their bulky spacesuits, Buzz Aldrin accidentally snapped off a switch of a circuit, bra- a circuit breaker. They could not take off again without it. They were a bit panicked. But Aldrin improvised by jamming the end of a felt-tip pen <laughs> into the hole where the switch had been broken. He jammed it in. The astronaut's landing module was able to lift off, and they left the moon's surface. Felt-tip pen's like a texter. Oh so they left because he jammed a pen into a hole. Really? Otherwise... They would have been stuck on the moon. Man. I love those all those tiny little things that have to go right. Yeah. Or they just... Someone else is there going... Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm not Whoops. going to use a felt-tip pen. That'd be ridiculous. Yeah. What else we got? I'm an yeah. astronaut. Uh, so they rejoined wow. Collins aboard Here's Columbia. Here's a bag of urine. Let's <laughs> give it a go. <laughs> <laughs> this is handy. Buzz, did you eat the entire <laughs> communion wafer? What the fuck? You're supposed to have a nibble. My yeah. God. <laughs> ate the whole body of Christ here. Jesus. <laughs> uh, the lunar module's thrust on the way up, it knocked over the American flag that they just planted. Oh. So subsequent oh, no. Apollo missions, so they do go to the moon later oh, on, they God. usually plant the American flag at least 30 metres away from the lunar module to pre- prevent it being knocked over. Did anybody like straighten theirs up? 
Or did it just like drift off into space? No, it would have just been sitting there. I think that they probably... They probably picked it up, right? Pro- surely. The next people there were like, oh, we'll just straighten that up for you. There you go. So they left the moon all orbit. All better. All, all good. Uh, the three men headed back for Earth, and on July 24th, the Columbia splashed down in the Pacific Ocean. They'd been gone for eight days, three hours, 18 minutes, and 35 seconds. So that's how specific NASA is. They'd travelled 953,000 miles, or over 1.5 million kilometres, when they launched the rocket, they'd weighed 100,000 pounds or 45,000 kilos, but what came back was just 10,000 pounds or 4,000 kilos. Wow. So most of it was it never came back. That wow. Nazi bloke had made it so everything was sort of disposable. So clever. Uh, no one ever talks about the Nazi, the Nazi involvement in this. So. No, but like Australia takes a big chunk of, <laughs> like, yeah, no, we had a big part to do with it. The dish, and we're also not Nazis. Yeah. So <laughs> that's two ticks for us. Go Australia. Only one tick go. for him. Aussie, go. <laughs> uh, the three men were uh, picked up. They were put in quarantine suits just in case they'd brought back any pathogens. People were a bit worried that they'd bring uh. back disease from the moon. Uh, they had to fill out. A customs-like form. No. So funny. Uh, but declaring that they were bringing samples of moon rock and moon dust into the country. I will say that many have speculated that these forms were, in fact, a joke filled out weeks later. Yeah. That does feel like a joke. But yeah. Buzz has tweeted about it and tweeted a photo of it. Classic After Buzz. They were put into quarantine for 18 days, just in case. And uh, the crew were released. They were fettered across the United States. Love that word. Fettered across the U.S., and around the world as a part of the 40-day Giant Leap Tour. <laughs> Brought the astronauts to 25 foreign countries, and they included visits, visits with prominent leaders, including Queen Elizabeth II. 18 days they just sort of had to sit. Just hang out. The president came. There's a, bit, there's a famous photo of Richard Nixon talking to them through the glass, saying, you've done a great job, but you've got to stay in the box. That's fascinating. But do you think like the hype would settle down in that that's – that's a long no, no, time. No, special features in magazines uh, all over the place. They're on the cover of everything. Apollo 11 commemorative stamps and coins all, all over the place. All three planet. of them were? I'm, I think it would depend on the cover, whether yeah, okay, Michael sure. Collins got to go. I'm imagining, and I don't know if this is bad taste, but when they were finally let out, I'm kind of imagining it like when the Beaconsfield miners got out <laughs> and everybody's just like waiting for like the footage at the at the door. And they, and they came out, they're like, yeah, and everybody's like, woo! They, Different they, circumstances. Yes, they probably had a timer, unlike the Beaconsfield people. Probably it was like 18 days, so the camera crew knows when to come back. Good point. Yeah, yeah, But um, So they were heroes, really famous guys. Now, future trips to the moon. In answer to your question, Matt, five subsequent Apollo missions landed men on the moon. Right. Apollo oh, 13 right. was supposed to have a go, but that was an emergency. Yeah. Was seen in the Tom film. Tom Hanks never mm. quite made it. Uh, the last Spoilers. Time, the last time man went to moon was the 1972 mission. So only three years later. And in total, 12 men have walked on the moon. Right. R- Russian people never got there. But we really? haven't gone for a really long time. And then they, yeah, we they should, lost we interest. We should check back in. Was it because it just became very expensive and the, the really people ex- weren't there were supposed Yeah, there were supposed to be more missions, but it was just getting too expensive. So they just pulled the plug on Apollo in 1972. Though people have since sent satellites up there mm-hmm. and collected data. Well, that's, it feels like now we, we're beyond sending humans places. We just send, like, we send um, robots and shit yeah, to true. Mars and whatever. 
Isn't that that's the way to go now, right? Yeah. They can do like the best robots can probably do more than what a Though, human can, and you can just have a human controlling them from here. So Neil Armstrong did say that he, th- when he returned, that he thought that people will now go to Mars. That's the next thing. Yeah. So that's what he thought. So um, just to finish it off here, at the time of recording, Buzz Aldrin is alive, age 85. Rocking it on Twitter. Yep, cool Find dude. him on there. And uh, Michael Collins is alive, age 84. Neil Armstrong died in 2012 at age 82. 2012? Yeah, so, it feels like I should remember that. I was about to say, why don't I remember you that? You don't remember that? Well, uh, still It would have been big news at the time. Must have yeah. been. But I just don't recall it. Uh, still considered an American hero, and throughout the United States, there are more than a dozen elementary, middle, and high schools named in his honour. That's nice. Yeah. So there you go. How many of Collins got named after him? Bloody none. Oh, just Collins Street here in Melbourne. Yeah. <laughs> it's named after him. Wow. So that's the story of the moon landing. Great topic. Um, oh, thank and you kindly. Because well, it's one, one, once again one of those things that I thought I knew a lot about, hmm. but then when I realised I knew nothing about it, I thought I had to talk about it. Yeah. Yeah, and I I didn't know most of that. I um, knew heaps again, because of the dish. <laughs> hey, if anyone's interested, go rent the dish from your local blockbuster. I'm going to watch Video that. Easy. That's the next movie I'm going to see. Okay. Yeah. And it's text me your thoughts. Will do. Good. <laughs> I'll tweet them to you. Yeah, you and Buzz. Yeah, I'll great. See Buzz in. Yeah, so, so good. So that's the moon landing. We'll be back next week with um, Matt's report on the moon landing, a conspiracy. <laughs> <laughs> with Matt's review of the dish. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be your report. Um, no, you've got me interested in, in some other things, but maybe not the moon. But if a couple of things you talked about today, I'm, I'm thinking about. I've, I've been thinking. Nazis? I've got some ideas. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> P- piss bags. <laughs> how bags pi- of urine. History. How a, how a piss bag works. Yeah. Brief history of piss bags. I love it. I love it. Well, I'll be interested. I'll be here. Jess, you'll be here. Oh, I'm always here. And Matt, I dare say you'll be here. I'll be here. And Aunt- he'll be going on. Auntie Donna might be in the background making noise. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? But uh, thanks for listening in, and we'll uh, check in with you next time. Bye. Waiters. What I want and I, I want, want it now. now. I want you, cause I'm Mr. Vane. Vane, 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 Vane. Fuck off, that's live aid. That is fucking live aid. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.